and welcome to another installment of Getting to Know You with PEDRA. I'm your host, Jen Dawson, and joining me today is Dr. Alona Frieden. Dr. Frieden is a professor of dermatology and pediatrics at the University of California, San Francisco. She's the former director of pediatric dermatology at UCSF Benioff Children's Hospital, is a co-founding member of PEDRA, and is currently serving as one of PEDRA's co-presidents. Thank you so much for joining me today, oh, Dr. Frieden. Thank Frieden. you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Virtually, Great. <laughs> well, let's get to know you. So um, tell me a little bit more about yourself and how you got involved in pediatric dermatology and research. So I um, <clears throat> came to pediatric dermatology through what had been a traditional route, which was to train in pediatrics. I then decided that I was interested in in, in pediatric dermatology, and I then did dermatology training. And that really, back in the 19, late 1970s and 80s, was the common route that people took. And there really was not a formal subspecialty of pediatric dermatology. It was really a handful of people who had sort of coalesced around the idea of creating um, almost like a interest group within dermatology and pediatrics at the interface. Some of them were dermatologists who didn't train in pediatrics. Some were pediatricians who didn't train in, formally in dermatology. And a lot, of them, a lot of the people were more like me. So that's kind of how I got started. And, and then I was fortunate enough in 1983 to spend a, several months with um, really one of someone who's considered the mother of pediatric dermatology, Nancy Esterly. And, and she really lit a fire um, under me in terms of my passion for both the specialty, but also the idea of trying to better, get better patient care through clinical observations. I was never a bench scientist and I wasn't even sure I really wanted to do research, but she was very meticulous and was someone who described many new diseases and I found her completely inspiring and she really became what I call a mentor with a capital M. Um, she became a career long mentor for me. And, and so that really is what led me to my interest in, in research and not just in seeing patients. I really love that you were inspired by your mentor and for your mentor to be Dr. Esterly, how special and I know mentorship is a really important thing to you. And I would say many of our young careers and certainly our current investigators have also considered you a very inspiring mentor. Well, it's kind of a cliche, but you know, the idea of paying it forward is really something that I felt very much coming from her that she did for me what really nobody in my training up to that point had done. And I felt that I had to find a voice that was at as authentic as hers in my own way and and that 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 if i could do that it would be extremely fulfilling and it really has been uh, but I, I i feel like um the, the her dna is all over pediatric dermatology let me just say that yes it really is so what brought you to wanting to co-found pedra so a little bit of background one of the things that I learned when I sort of entered pediatric dermatology was how wonderful other pediatric dermatologists were. That mm -hmm. it's one of the one of the great things about 
our field is that there are so many wonderful people. They're fun, they're interesting, they're hardworking. We, we really have a lot of, I would say, a core set of values. And right away, I could see that people were collaborating in the sense of like, I have a weird case of this. Oh, I have one too, let's put them together. And we started right from really the beginning of my career, um, putting together small case series, case reports, and, and describing things that we were seeing. Um, so that was sort of part one. And that was, was really at the very beginning. And that happened a lot through the Society for Pediatric Dermatology annual meetings. Mm -hmm. But at that time, those meetings were like 150 people in the room. And now they're almost a thousand sometimes. Mm -hmm. So it was a very different feeling and you got to know pretty much everyone. And then of course, <clears throat> the field grew. Um, so the next step for me was was that I became really interested in in vascular birthmarks and infantile hemangiomas in particular. And I felt like as dermatologists, we were almost being left out of the conversation a little bit and that I felt that we really had a unique skill set as observers and as seeing patients with all spectrum from the mild to the severe. And so I actually in 2001 just was kind of audacious, but I, I, I helped to found kind of a research group, which was a bunch of us who I, of other colleagues who I knew were really interested in this disease. And, and, and we called ourselves the Hemangioma Investigator Group, which we just gave ourselves this name. And as I said, I thought it was, at the time even it was a bit audacious, but I thought we should give ourselves a name and that's what we called ourselves. And we started doing research on infantile hemangiomas and it was enormously successful. And we started publishing really pretty important research, unfunded, but research that looked at this disease and said, this is the nature of the disease. This is the, these are the complications. These are the demographic risk factors and collaborating with other people at the same time. So when others came up with the idea through being inspired, I think by, uh, uh, for example, the rheumatologists and Kara, mm -hmm. they, um, I felt like, you know, they knew about what I had been doing and I knew about Kara and, and some of the other uh, things that were going on with the EB group, with ichthyosis, et cetera. It just seemed like a natural to sort of come together and make it a, a, a bigger tent for everyone who wanted to be involved in pediatric dermatology. So that's really where I came from and sort of ended up as one of the, the founders. I just love that, that the field is so collaborative and that it's allowed this network that is PEDRA now to grow from its infancy when you started working on it. Um, it's just, it's really, really special. And you get to see that collaboration at the annual conference each yeah. year. This year is going to be a little different since we're virtual, but maybe generally speaking, could you talk a little bit about your favorite things about the conference? Yeah, sure. Well, <clears throat> a couple of things that come to mind immediately um, really harken back to the very beginning when I went to my first SPD meetings, which were in the late 1970s, sort of around 1979 or 80 when I was a pediatric resident is when I first went to an SPD meeting. And again, there were 100, 150 people in the room. And the PEDRA meetings, again, are smaller. And I certainly hope that everyone who participates in our virtual meeting will come back when we can do it in person. Because that interaction and having the people who are very senior 
willing to talk to anyone. You know, I can remember really kind of almost shaking when I would go up and talk to people. I've read their textbooks and everything. And now I'm sure people probably feel that way towards me. But the point is, is that once you get in a room and you feel like you can talk to people, it, it really makes makes it more interactive. It makes people feel this sense of energy. Because one of the things that I have learned about research in my career, I was never an independently funded researcher. I didn't get paid to do research. It was almost like this is a, a vocation. I wouldn't really call it a hobby, but it certainly was a passion. What did I get out of it in a way that I was doing extra work and it's not what I was getting paid for? Well, very much I got out of it the collegiality, these enduring relationships. And also I got energy from it. I got the sense of common purpose that gives you more that you want to go forward and I wanted to be able to help my patients. So those are things that pay you back and, and in, a, in a way that is can be an intangible but very important. And I, I can see that energy happening at our meeting. Um, when the young investigators group, for example, came forward, two, two, two examples, one, when the young investigator group came forward and they said, we want to have special activities. I mean, we hadn't really envisioned, oh, there should be a young investigators group. That really coalesced on its own, but it's become one of the most important things. And then Sheila Rittenberg, our original executive director, said we have to have patient advocacy groups at the table um, right from the get-go. Now, we had all known about and interacted with patient advocacy groups, but they were kind of on the fringes as opposed to having really a more central role and that changed at Pedra too. And you were able to talk to these people to find out what what their experiences were and get to know them better. And I think that cementing of those relationships is another very important part of Pedra, in addition to the you know incredible content of what you're doing and networking of, about specific projects. So, I mean, there's so much, but I, I would say those are the highlights for me. I love that you brought up the patient aspect because as, as Pedro has grown, there's been more and more patient advocacy participation and especially at the annual meetings. And um, would you say that that has helped unlock research projects or research questions for you and the investigators? Definitely. I mean, I think, um, and it's certainly, even if, if when you can't even necessarily point to a specific project, mm -hmm. you, you really begin to um, think of it in a slightly different, in a different way and, and have those people and see them as partners. Certainly there have been funding opportunities that have come out of it. And I think it's really led us to an important place where we may be able to even advocate for more research to be done because those partnerships are recognized as being extremely important by funding agencies. And, and so all, in, in many dimensions, I think that it's really made a difference. And also I think that for the, for the patient advocacy groups, they, it's, they kind of get to know who we are and how we work and so that they can more effectively form those partnerships. I agree. Yeah, I think it's wonderful. Yeah. One last question before I let you go, and I want to go back to this um, topic of mentoring since I hear a lot from our investigators, you know, Dr. Frieden, she's the one I would want for a mentor, or she's been my mentor and she's been so inspiring and really incredible. So what if you could share some wisdom or a message with our early investigators, what would you share? Um couple of things. I, I think that 
you get more by giving more. I think that one of the things that I saw, for example, um, I, in, in, when I looked at the research, sort of what was going on in terms of research, frankly, I was a little intimidated. I hadn't been trained in basic science. I wasn't at all doing bench research and I didn't even know how to write a grant or anything like that. But I, I, but I knew that I knew that we had we could bring a story of our patients. Mm. We could say these are the important questions, and we could gain the skills to learn how to ask the questions and get help. And and you have to, in order to do that, you have to be both humble about what you don't know, but you also have to be brave in a sense to be mm. able to say this is really important. This is important for me. It's important for my patients, and and I may be the only voice that they have to ask the question. Uh, and, and, and so I think that's one piece of it. And also people had a way of being very, sometimes very um, holding on to their own ownership of research. And, and what mm -hmm. I've really found is there are exceptions to this and certainly in the laboratory-based world, although that's becoming much more te a team sport too. And it's not just like one lab against another and more of, um, the collaboration, which is really the foundation of, of PEDRA, is that the more collaborative you are, you, you're sort of expand, you're not dividing the pie into smaller pieces, you're really expanding the pie. So that metaphor really means a lot to me. And I feel that way about mentorship too. I mean, I, I do it because I love it. I don't do it to make myself feel better. I really do it because it's fun. And, and it's, you know, as you get more senior, the meaning of sort of this kind of working across generations, I think is more meaningful to you because you don't want to just be the old fogey. You like to be able to listen to new ideas and bring your ideas and, and work together. And so I think it's really, it's, it's really a plus for everyone. I agree. There you have it. Be humble, <laughs> be brave, be collaborative. I love that message. <laughs> so much for being with us today on getting to know you, Dr. Frieda. Oh, my pleasure.